Welcome to Notes from the North with Kyle and Sam. Welcome back to Notes from the North, your go-to Minnesota Vikings podcast. Uh, before we get started, we want to offer our thanks to Purple Pain Forums for allowing us to post our podcast there. So if you're looking for an online forum for passionate Vikings fans, feel free to check out purplepainforums.com. Uh, we also want to give a shout out to Purple PTSD for giving us a chance to post our pod there as well. So be sure to check out that site as well, purpleptsd.com. And Kyle, we're recording another Friday morning and uh, feels a little bit like calm before the storm. There's certainly been some NFL news, some some big moves this week. Uh, yep. I'm still waiting to hear. There's a lot of uh, silence from the Minnesota Vikings end, but from what it sounds like, there's been some meetings and it feels like uh, we, we're kind of in the stage where we're recording uh, with the anticipation that there could be some significant news breaking over the next days or even hours. Yeah, certainly. I mean, Jerry Jones, um, I disagree with him a lot, but I agree with him when he says that deadlines make deals, right? And so um, the deadline is on Monday. And so therefore deals need to get done, whether that means cutting players, trading players, extending and restructuring players, things need to happen over the weekend for the Vikings because things get moving as of Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern time. So uh, in that sense, I'll echo what Jones says. And so, yeah, we know uh, the Vikings are going to be doing something here. And then as it relates to the quarterback position, the one thing that's, I mean, there's a lot that's interesting, but the one thing that's interesting is that uh, these deals that we've seen with Wentz, Wilson, and Rogers, to my mind at least, give us some really good guidance in terms of what may or may not happen with Cousins. And so far as the money Rogers got, there's no way Cousins should be close to that. He needs to be a clear step below that, maybe two steps below that. And so that gives you a ceiling for any negotiation moving forward in terms of an extension. And then with the Wilson and Wentz trade, you kind of look at Wentz, you know, he's going for a couple day two picks more or less. And then um, on the other end, you got Wilson who went for the couple first, couple seconds, a fifth, and then multiple players, three players. And so that's obviously Cousins is nowhere close to that valuable. And so I, to my mind, Cousins is somewhere in between those two. And so that gives you a sense also of the price of acquisition if they were to trade him, right? So I guess you'd kind of have three options. You let him play it out, the one year, 45 million, you trade him or you extend him. And so the first option is quite clear. It's one year, 45 million sucks, but I, I could see the logic if they do decide that, even though I don't agree with that option. And then from there, we got a little bit of guidance for either the extension or their trade uh, options, but just based off what we've seen recently in terms of like direct comparables. So we'll see Well, we, we will see. It's going to be pretty fascinating. I still, this is Friday morning. Uh, I'll still put my prediction down as some sort of short term extension for cousins one year, two years added on ideally with a good out for the team as it relates to uh, guaranteed money, or in this case, hopefully a lack thereof. So right. we'll see. Yeah, that all makes sense. I, it is like a really fascinating uh, experience to watch. And like, I think yeah. uh, you're, you're thinking about this year, but you're also thinking about future years. And like, I, I don't know where different Vikings fans stand in terms of what the actual expectations are for this team next year. And it does feel, at least from my perspective, like they're, they're caught in a little bit of a spot right now where I'm not really sure. They're, 
it feels a little bit like in their no man's land uh, yes. position, which is not a good spot to be as a franchise um, in in many ways. And so I, the the Kirk, it feels like the Cousins domino. It feels uh, not like necessarily it's going to be the first one to fall, but it does feel like it uh, has a domino effect in terms of what you're deciding with him. Really seems to determine where this team expects themselves to go it's fascinating right in the sense that with kevin o'connell coming from the rams not that he's been with the rams as long as mcveigh or anything like that or he was with the rams as long as mcveigh but like do you really want to ride out multiple years with the jared goff option at quarterback or do you think you could do something with the stafford option at quarterback now stafford's better than cousins but they're kind of in the same tier. They're kind of tier two NFL quarterbacks. And so it's interesting to me where you kind of get this, they're at a crossroads, right? And, and what do you do with Cousins? Uh, and what does that mean for the rest of your roster? It's not just as simple as getting rid of them because someone's going to play QB. And it's, look at Indianapolis, talented roster, no stability at all quarterback. Uh, look at the Rams. You know, they get they get a good quarterback, not great, but a good quarterback and they win, you know, and, and obviously it's because they had an elite defense and they had all kinds of talent, but um, they, they weren't winning with Jared Goff. Right. So, I, boys, I, I don't know which direction they're going to head in, but I think you're right in the sense that whatever happens at that QB one spot is going to tell us an awful lot about how this team is going to proceed over this next one, two, three years. So we'll see. Yeah. It's going to be really fascinating to to watch. I'm I'm very curious to see what happens. And uh, each time I go on Twitter, I'm waiting for something new to happen. I know. And exactly, there's nothing <laughs> seems to be happening. And uh, I think that's okay. Like uh, like certainly, um, there's some it, like despite it feeling like a lot's happened since then, that they're still quite new to these positions. Uh, both yes. Uh, Crazy Adolfo Mensa and, and Kevin O'Connell, like they're, they're still fresh and they're still figuring out uh, a lot of where the, the team's at and it sounds like they're really doing their due diligence. So um, yeah, it's going to be really, really interesting to see news is coming. Um, and so just a fascinating spot to be at this point with uh, lots yep. of anticipation. Certainly. Certainly. Good. Well, we, uh, with, with the recognition that lots is going to potentially happen over the next little while, uh, we won't be doing as much of a of a Vikings talk today, uh, but there is some interesting uh, anticipation as well with with the other Minnesota team that we sometimes talk about with with the Minnesota Wild. Uh, and so Kyle and I are going to a little bit switch roles. Um, I am by far less of an expert on the Wild than Kyle is an expert on the Vikings, uh, but certainly have maybe a little bit of leg up in terms of hockey knowledge and uh, I will admit at the start I don't watch every single game of the wild I, I certainly watch as much as I can and probably watch uh, a game a week and so there's going to be people that are more educated on the wild than than myself but um, still I'm, I'm kind of curious and, and and have some opinions I guess about this team and where they're going and what they can do especially as they anticipate this trade deadline terms of what makes sense for this team uh both this year and moving forward yeah i mean sam knows a lot more about hockey than i do 
I, um, I followed hockey my entire life since I was a young boy, but at this point, I'm more of a casual fan. I would say than like a passion fan where Sam's really dialed in day in, day out, especially with the Leafs, his team. Uh, I would be like really dialed in during the playoffs, which is really like, to my mind is like the true marker of a casual fan. It's like, you follow it, you read some headlines, see some stuff. And then once playoffs roll around, you get into it. So it's like the passion's there, but like, you're not really like super committed. So I would, I'll preface all I'm going to say today with the reality that I like hockey. I followed it for years, but I'm not super up on the NHL right now, apart from really my own team, which is the Red Wings, who uh, suffered a tough loss to the Wild last night. They did their uh, best to give it to the Wild last night. They, Delkovich put oh, it man. Net. Like they, uh, yeah, they really, uh, yeah. really allowed for the Wild to squeak out a win there. What I will say, though, is, and I think Wild fans would feel this way, and I think Wings fans should feel this way to a certain extent. Like, you like to see that they at least had some fight, right? Because we just got blown up by Arizona, which is brutal. So the fact that you actually play the Wilds, who are a good team, in spite of their recent skid, um, the fact that they actually had some fight and some competitiveness, and they scored five goals, which if you followed the Wings recently, uh, boys, they've struggled to score. So... All those things give me some reason for optimism, even though, yes, the Wings shot themselves in the foot. Uh, I feel bad for Ned. That's all That's all I'll say. He's been struggling. But the, what we're going to do today is not uh, bemoan the, the Wings' issues and, and Ned and his recent struggles. We're going to talk about uh, the trade bait board, NHL, the Minnesota Wilds, who they might or might not add uh, based off our profit. Mr. Sam Allison. Yikes. And he, yeah, exactly. And he's going to be, so I'm going to, I got a trade bait board. I've got cap friendly to kind of guide me. So just so, so we're all on the same page to begin per cap friendly, the wilds have basically all of their picks from 2022 to 2024 and presumably beyond, but the more recent years, they got them all except for this year's seventh. They do have an extra fifth though. So they've got uh, draft capital. They're also going to have a little more than uh, 11.5 million in deadline space. Okay, so they've got money to spend. They've also got some assets as it relates to the draft, at least. I don't know uh, what they maybe have in their AHL pipeline in terms of like higher end prospects that may be a value. But Sam would probably be able to answer that question better than me. But with those kind of basics in mind, I'm going to kind of throw out uh, some names from the trade bait board to Sam and say, does this make sense for the Wilds? So they are currently... uh, I think you could say like a good but not great team. They're a playoff team. Kaprizov yeah. is sensational. Yeah. But like, where, where do they stand in the NHL's hierarchy? Right. So like, I think that the, the fascinating thing is that we're having this conversation now versus three weeks ago, uh, because three weeks ago, it felt like uh, in, the, in the West, you've got Colorado and you've got Calgary. Uh, and then at, after that, I like just feel like there's a real everything else is up for grabs um there's certainly a lot of a race and so at one point it felt like the wild maybe could be argued that they would be the third best team uh and now it feels like they've just sat down with the rest of the other contenders that are, are going for those other spots um and so i guess through this exercise um it's interesting we're doing it at this time i would say that we'll approach this in the sense that the wild are uh, for the most part going for it um mm-hmm. 
like the yep. like not the like obviously we, we could say like oh you know what we're just going to trade for all the best players like give us the top five on the trade bait board take them all <laughs> yeah exactly that's, that's right that's, that's not really the approach uh have so i myself am more of a cautiously uh go for it kind of person i, I will say that the wild there's there is in some ways like you got to go through colorado uh if you're going to to make it and so that factors into some of the decisions um but you get to the playoffs and you never know what, what can happen. And so there's a lot of good pieces with the, with the wild, but certainly if they're going to contend that there is going to need to be some additions. Yeah, no, I would, based off what I can see, I think the 34, 19 and three right now. Right. So again, good, but not great. And what I will say, you see this a lot with the Vikings in relation to the Packers. Oh, Aaron Rodgers coming back, you know, the Vikings should just punt and whatever. I'd be going to say, screw that. This is a competitive sport. I don't give a damn if the Packers are good. I don't give a damn if the Avalanche are good. Let's go out there and compete. And if we can add a, a piece or two who can help us do a better job of competing, then friggin' right. Like, I'm not going to give up right now just before some hypothetical game hasn't even been played. So I'm going to be, I, like Sam, I'm going to say, obviously they can't sign everyone or trade for everyone. But let's friggin' compete, right? Because this is the NHL. So I'm going to start off with maybe it'll be a surprise one for Sam. The one that I actually really like, well, I don't know if it makes sense, sense or not, but the first trade option for you, Sam, is Mr. Mark Andre Fleury. Wow. So this is an interesting one because, and and this will maybe show a little bit of my perspective on goalies. And I, I as a Leaf fan, I'm watching our goal tendon conference <laughs> yeah. crumble. Uh, yeah, right, right. So Fleury is, from my perspective, the one of the only goalies that in a sense is like really worth trading for. He's got the pedigree. He has yep. just like, even a, like the personality, like he just, he would come in and uh, I think gives certainly some confidence to wild fans yep. in terms of the goaltending for me, yep. goaltending is such a variable piece that uh, in some ways I would say that it's actually okay. I'm, this is also me just talking myself through this. I think it's okay to like, talk yourself through and believe that things could get better uh i think both cam talbot and uh uh conan have have shown that they can do it um and so flurry even of itself he's just been a little bit unpredictable in terms of is he actually going to even accept a trade uh he seems pretty comfortable in chicago at this point um so if the right offer is made and they can get him for maybe, uh, I don't know, he's probably going to get a first at this point if he if he's going. Um, but personally, I would say that both Cam Talbot and Kokonen have the ability to step up and like, I don't know, I I maybe people might be surprised, but I would I'm going to turn it down. Um, at this point in terms of going for a goalie, just because I feel like goalies are so variable and obviously they're really important. Uh, but I have confidence that one of these guys can do it. So I'll hit you with two thoughts then. So you, you probably know the old hockey saying, and it applies to football as well. Um, where you can say, if you have two QBs, you don't have one, or if you have two goalies, you don't have one. Um, so, I mean, who, who is the number one guy in Minnesota? Is it Talbot? I would say it's Talbot. I like, yeah. And, and so like 
and, and we're talking about all-star 20, 2022 all-star cam talbot here um yeah right right because the all-star votes mean a whole lot in the nhl um, exactly but i think that talbot has had the ability and even the team has the ability almost in a similar sense as you talk about the la uh, yeah the la rams um like they had a a good not great quarterback uh, that led them there and they had a good system around him that allowed for him to thrive and the minnesota wild for years have allowed for average goalies to be very good uh, you got Devin Dubnik uh, you've got uh, like like I just Devin Dubnik is a prime example uh, of a of a good goalie uh, he he did not do well anywhere else other than the Minnesota uh, like had zero yep. success and so I I think that you can you can get by with Talbot and well I guess well, this is maybe this will help explain where I'm coming from is that if you're going to give up a first goaltender is not the position that I'm I'm I think makes sense for the while to to give it up for okay then final question keeping in mind that uh especially for listeners who maybe don't know Flurry's 37 years old he's a former first overall pick he's won multiple cups three if I'm not mistaken but Sam would correct me on that yep, three uh, he's he's a UFA after this year currently has a 910 save percentage and a 288 goals against average so pretty pedestrian but he's got that pedigree he's got that history Started, started uh, off really slow. Started off really slow, so yeah. it's been getting better. Right, right. So with all that said, start off slow. He has been getting better. Chicago, I mean, he's UFA at the end of this year. Chicago's a mess of a team. Uh, are they really going to bring him back? Let's say the market doesn't develop like they hoped. If it costs a two to get Flurry, are you interested? Uh, if it costs a two... Uh... Then sure, I like I. I think that um, even they talk about sometimes the difference between a fifteenth overall pick and like the end of the second. There's really not a whole lot of difference, um, mm-hmm. and so the Wild are probably actually even considering their one to be be later, anyways. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. If you can get them for a two, and you have a guy like Flurry there, then then sure. Um, sure. Okay. Is, so so yeah. All right. So then the next one, and then this is a bit of a curveball as well, because I'm going to cluster three players together. And I'm going to say, so here are three players. Sam, which one do you think the Wild should actually make a move for if they had to make a move for one of these three? And what does it take to get it done? All right. So we're moving up to forward. we got the three top centers, I think, in most people's minds. Claude Giroux, Thomas Hurdle, JT Miller. So whether or not those are actually the top three, those are three of the top without question. Uh, and I think it'd be fair to say that the Wild would welcome some help at center. Yeah. At least that's what I've seen from Mr. Russo, who knows a fair bit about the Wild. Of course, the athletics writer for the Wild. So of those three, who would you be most, most intrigued by? Who do you think makes the most sense? And what would it take to get it done to bring one of those guys over to the so Wild? Drew Miller and said Hurdle? No, JT Miller. Yeah. Thomas, Hur- Thomas Hurdle. Yeah. Okay. Claude, Claude Giroux. Yeah. Okay. So between the three of those. So yeah. Um, JT Miller is a, a great player from what I've heard. Uh, not a great defensive forward. Uh, okay. And so I don't know if he, like, he actually has been rumored to uh, Minnesota at different points. Uh, I know he has. Yeah. Yep. <sighs> he's 28 and he's got 46 points in the year. One, one more year after this year too. So it's not a pure rental. 
Right. Which, which though for the wild in some ways, obviously you'd like to keep on to players if you're going to go up significant assets. Uh, but they also have the, the deadline space to yeah. uh, go for it. And we know that next year things are going to exactly. get a little bit muddy, especially like, like you're like, it's not even like they're uh, like, they're like taking away cap space with those buyouts um, for them next year. And so I, yeah. I actually, I really do like the idea of closure. Uh, I think that mm. I think mm-hmm. the hurdle, in a sense, um, maybe a better player. Um, you know what? Actually, I'm going to change my mind because what I because as I'm saying this, I remember that Clojure at this stage, if, as I've listened to others that know more, uh, would actually probably say that while he can play center at this point in his career, he's probably a better winger. Um, and so he's 34. Yeah, like he. So I. I don't know what hurdle is going to look like because I think that in a sense uh, San Jose may want to keep them despite the fact that they've got a lot of bad contracts and uh, I don't know where, where they're going with their team. Uh, but yeah, I'm going to say, yeah. I'm going to say if they make one move uh, I'm all in on, on Thomas hurdle for, uh, for the Minnesota wild. Like you look at like, they've got Hartman and uh, Goudreau, Frederick Goudreau is their top two centers right now. And on paper, that is like, not close to any other team. They, they both have played fantastic this year uh, from what I've read. They're, they're both playing above market value uh, per Dom decision uh, at the athletic. And so like, they're both providing great value, uh, but just the, even when we talk about the NFL, like the ability to throw someone else up there, a Thomas hurdle, who is a proven number one center uh, and be able to move some of those guys down uh, makes this team a lot better at the center ice. And, and so um, yeah. I'm all for, for in on Thomas hurdle and, and give, give a first round pick, give a prospect uh, that I think that's the move to make. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, the intrigue with hurdle is not just that he's good now, but that he should have several years left, even though he's getting toward the bit of a drop-off period, but he's 28. He's got 38 points in the year. He'd be a UFA at the end of the season. And in the NHL, you don't have a franchise tag or anything like that. So, I mean, the, the Wild could have the first dibs to negotiate with him, but they can't actually force him into a contract in the same way that you would with a franchise or transition tag. Um, but it, it's going to be at least somewhat appealing that the dude is 28. And so he can help you right now and potentially help you, you know, with this Kaprizov window, right? And he, he could be one of your top two Cs for three, four, five years. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, of course, like, I think that um, there are tr- certainly two conversations with the Minnesota wild in terms of what they're going for this year versus what they're going for. Um, yeah. In, in future years and like what makes sense for them. Um, yep. yep. Yeah. Like, like hurdle is a, a big duty, six, two, two fifteen, uh top line center. He's, he's got a salary right now of 5.6 uh, Dom decisions uh report card has him at nine point uh, yes. sixes in terms of market value and so yeah. uh while he's not like you look at across the line like he's not a nate mckinnon he's not um a jack eichel but he provides some uh, like a real steady presence uh at that center position that the minnesota wild or yeah the minnesota wild just needed for for so long right and i guess that might be part of one negative in the sense that this dude is due for a raise at 5.6 million, he's a bargain, which is nice right now. 
but you really don't need a bargain right now. You have space right now. Yep. It, the issue is in the future, right? Yep. Okay. Okay. So let's say, so according to Sam, we're trading away first for Flurry and Hurdle. And then we're moving on here. Let's solidify All that first. Uh, back end. So, so the interesting thing is that uh, from, from what I can recall, and it's actually interesting because the Leafs uh, kind of broke this rule. Uh, I think that you're only able to trade your draft picks for the next three years. So like the coming year and the two years after. Um, mm-hmm. The Leafs got away with it because they did a conditional pick. I think that's how they got away with it. Uh, where they said Leafs. conditional for in, like a, uh, what was it? Is it was, Conditional third next year or second in like four years. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm not giving away any picks beyond, or like, I'm not giving away a first round pick beyond this year uh, for the Minnesota wild. But, but yeah, I, I don't like <laughs> at this point, the, the joke would be, if you're going for it, you, you've given a first for hurdle, a second for flurry, if that's what you're doing. Uh, but yeah. I'm, I'm saying for sure the flurry is a, like a bonus. If that comes to it, the hurdle yep. feels like, I'm I'm certainly in support of that move. All right. With the assumption that they're going for it. Right. Okay. So the final combo one I'm going to hit Sam with is so for defense, we've gone through goalie, we've gone through forward. It's defense now. And I'm going to give him, so it's different from center. So I basically give him three relatively high end centers and he's going to pick his, pick his one from there. But defense is going to be a little bit different. And based on what I'm seeing from cap friendly and the roster makeup, they could use a little more help along the left side of their defense. So I'm going to say you got to choose between Mark Giordano, who would be one of the top ends, uh, I think, defensemen out there. I mean, is it uh, Chikrin? Chikrin? I'm assuming they're not going to pay the multiple firsts and more for Chikrin. Uh, he would be your top left-handed defenseman out there. But let's say Giordano is the one that makes the most sense and in terms of cost of acquisition and so on and so forth. So let's say Giordano or Mr. Mark Stahl. Mark Stahl. Uh, so, yeah, so one of those two, but keep in mind, you know, the price for acquisition is going to be considerably less for Mark Stahl. And so do you want to add Giordano as probably legit top four who can slide into that second pair and pay, you know, accordingly? Or do you want to pay uh, a considerably less for a 35-year-old Mark Stahl who is still big and strong, but not nearly as dynamic as he was, say, yeah. seven years ago? Yeah, so I like if from what I have heard and picked up from Wild Fan, if you can avoid playing uh Jordy Ben at this point, uh, then mm-hmm. that's what you're hoping for. Mark Stahl, so I just looked it up quickly with uh from Dom Decisions uh player cards again, uh has a market value of one million. So and he's got a salary of two million. So he is performing mm-hmm. quite below. He is he's actually below replacement level. Um so, <laughs> Perfect. So perfect. Not, not good. Uh, right. Per, per se. Um, Giordano is actually an interesting one. And I, I, I do like it. I, the, the challenge with this is recognizing that every team is like, it's not like you're just, you don't get to like, be the only team in on these players. Exactly. Exactly. And, and I think that yep. there will certainly be a market for Giordano and like, Quick shout out to the interesting decisions that the Seattle team has made um, with <laughs> yeah, this, seriously with their expansion draft. Like, like yep. sure, take take Giordano, and if they don't flip him at the deadline, then I, I think that there's some some questions to be asked there. Or I, I I guess the question is like, what are you doing? 
because um, it's been yeah. a little bit unclear in terms of where this team is actually really going. Um, so Giordano has a big cap hit. Like you said, he's 38. Um, not, yeah. a, not a big defenseman, but big-ish. He's, he's six foot, 200 pounds. Uh, good, good value uh, compared to his contract. Um, so I think that that's a, that's a good move. Um, and like you said, the left, left side certainly needs some, some help. And, and I was saying to Kyle before, I think you really divide defensemen into two roles. You've got your top four, uh, and obviously within the top four, you sometimes have guys that are really like top pairing defensemen, like you're the best defense in your team. Uh, but I think you can get away with four solid top four defensemen. And I think that you add a guy like Giordano, uh, maybe slip, slip a guy like John Merrill down uh, to your third pairing. That's a really, really good move. And and I think that that leaves you a Spurgeon, Dumba, Brodeen. And, and if it's Giordano, then it's, then it's him. Um, yeah. Goligoski yeah. and Kulikov who are, are fine defensemen as well. And, and so really like I, the wild, I don't think it makes sense for them to trade for another guy that can put it, you can put in the bottom pair. Like if you're going to trade for a defenseman, you're wanting to improve that top four. Um, I would say, and some people may disagree. I think that forward is the move you go over defense. So if you're, if you got your first and you're like, can you take Giordano or Hurdle? Not to say that that's their equal value. Um, I think that you spend the the premium assets on, on Hurdle over a Giordano. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. But that's just my opinion. Right. Yeah. I, I, like, I do understand what you're saying in terms of like, you know, for the Vikings right now, like why would you trade for like a, cb4 cb5 we really need a number one corner right and so in the same sense of like the defense where it's like you know we've got guys who can take on that number six number seven role so let's bring someone in who can solidify the top four so i do get that um so giordano hurdle and flurry you're saying of those three if i'm understanding correctly if you could only choose one it's going to be mr hurdle yeah yeah i that's who i would say and i i can certainly listen to the arguments for giordano uh, and in some ways, maybe you say, you know what, we're not going to outscore teams in the playoffs. We're going to really lock it down and we're going to try to win two, one. And I, I can certainly hear that argument. And maybe you feel like Giordano gives you the best chance to do that. Um, but I, I do, it would be really interesting to see what this team looks like. Um, if they were really to, to go for it, um, and, and add that that center until you got Rossi that's able to, to come up. And I know sometimes I've heard some fans talk about maybe Rossi is your, almost your deadline acquisition. He's been lighting it up in the AHL uh, playing extremely well. I really like sure bring him up, play him in that, in the playoffs, but don't have the expectation that he's going to be that top six center uh, that, that you need. He's still right. Still a year away from uh, like he, he's only a year removed from a lost season uh yep. due to impacts of of uh of COVID. And so I think that sure it'd be great to add him to that roster, especially if there's an injury, because that's likely going to happen. Uh, but if they're going for it, I'm all for the move of adding a top six forward and really the the need is at center. You got Zuccarello, Caprizov, Fiala, and Boldy who uh have been a great those are those are great wingers. Boldy has been fantastic. Uh like what an infusion to have a guy like that come into your top six. Uh, from the AHL and and perform well above what was expected of him, um, but and and Hartman and, and Goudreau have been great, fantastic. But uh, hurdle is the move if if uh, 
if you're going for it from my perspective. Where does Erickson X factor in there? Well, so right now he's a third line center and he's, I think he's a, a great third line center. Um, mm -hmm. It's a good piece. I, I think that um, if that's your third line center, I think that that's, that's, uh, that's great. Like that, that third line of Jordan Greenway, Erickson Eck and Felino, like Felino is a, is a, just a heart and soul kind of player. Erickson Eck mm -hmm. can, can bring it um, consistently. And, and like, that's just, that's a big, big line. Uh, that's a that's a third mm -hmm. line that you don't want to face in the playoffs. Um, sure. So it, I think that it is interesting. I think you get into a mindset sometimes where you look at this roster and it's like, oh, you know what? Like these four lines at different points, uh, they've been clicking. And like even uh, Sturm, Buk Bukestad, and uh, Duhame on the bottom. Like, so that's a fine, like this is a deep team. Uh, I don't know if you've seen the beef. Maybe you haven't with Anson Carter uh, and Russo. Uh, have you seen this? I, I, I saw Chad Graff. Um, who of course is the Vikings writer for the athletic he shares some stuff basically saying I mean Russo's pretty legit like yeah yeah, yeah. anyways besides what and I I'm, I have no hate against Hanson Carter and I think mm -hmm. that, like he's on mm -hmm. national television and and he's doing his thing and uh great but I disagree with the fact that the wild aren't a deep team because I think they've got uh some really significant depth here and I think they're they're well set up but with playoffs, you really you're almost building five lines because you know that the team is going to sustain injuries, or sometimes you you need something else and you put someone in versus others. And like they've got some some speedsters uh, that can go on that fourth line. I get some grinders, and so um, I, th this team is well built. It's like this figuring out of are they good enough? But it, the Montreal Canadiens made it to the Stanley Cup Finals last year, and they're awful. Um, so. <laughs> <laughs> you never know what yeah, can happen. Yeah, no, it's, it's it's true, right? And it's um that that's that's where the appeal of flurry was for me. But um yeah. well, you know, a goalie who can really be elite. And so this is where like flurry, so you mentioned the three cups. He was only the starting goaler goalie uh in the 2009 finals. So Matt Murray was the starter both in 2016 and 2017. And even Flurry right. had runs where he started in those playoffs um but and i i don't know i i don't i can't speak too much to the intangible kind of thing that we talk about because like it's like who really knows but it does seem like flurry is just one of the most and even like in player surveys like one of the most well-loved well-respected players and people not love that him. i think that you like trade a second yep. round pick for a guy that's sitting on your like to sit on yep. the bench but at the same yep. time if they made that move and it wasn't their primary move and they were able yep. to make it work and, and do that, then certainly see the appeal of having someone around like that. Yeah, man. I mean, every NHL player you hear talk about flurry, they call flower. Everyone loves them. Everyone. I don't think I've ever heard a player say anything negative. And so even if you're to bring him in as that number two guy with the understanding that should something happen injury wise, or someone just basically totally craps the bed, like flurry could go in there and get it done. Yeah, absolutely. Fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. Good. Well, we can wrap up there. We, uh, Kyle and I always come in saying, you yeah, know, we'll keep it shorter today. And then we just get yeah. on talking, can't stop talking. But, you know, it's fun. I, I uh, haven't spent a whole lot of time on the wild. And, and uh, I know that's what everyone's coming here to talk about. Uh, <laughs> exactly. That's right. But, that's right. Uh, it's fun. It's going to be interesting to see. And, and the wild are very much in an interesting race at this point.
So. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 going to be exciting to see how it shakes out. I uh, the final thought I'll say there is that I know there's a bunch of doom and gloom because I know what Minnesota fans are like, but face this tough patch now, get through it, maybe make an addition or two at the trade deadline, and hit your stride at the right time. This might be a blessing in disguise. Yeah, it is amazing what despite all of the struggles and 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 difficulties of a fandom, how well you can talk yourself into basically anything. Oh yeah. Um, yeah so yeah of course of course yeah good well we'll wrap up there uh be on the lookout we're uh we have been in a routine of publishing on mondays uh there's a chance depending on what happens that we may put out some extra material over the next little week and it might be a little bit uh spread out or uh, just not on the regular posting uh rhythm so get those notifications on uh certainly would uh or in, invite all the ratings feedback on on different platforms love to have that grow i think the only spotify rating at this point is maybe myself um and uh, we need to get up from the one star so uh yeah that's right yeah yeah oh man um good any last plugs i i know you're gonna be busy writing as things evolve over the next next week and two week or two yeah that's basically it you can find me on twitter at vikings gazette and you can also find my work over at purple so if that's your thing then by all means feel free yeah yeah feel free to check out kyle's twitter where he advocates that uh mitchell trubisky is the answer at quarterback <laughs> with no little controversy <laughs> no context yeah exactly yeah yeah that's right yeah, yeah twitter is a great place for explaining well thought out uh opinions and, and such oh yes everyone oh, yeah. always assumes the best so uh yeah feel exactly. free to check that and uh if you want to actually understand and, and figure out the context certainly swing over to vikings get in purple ptsd good take care everyone we'll uh be back shortly as news evolves enjoy have fun and uh it doesn't cost anything to be positive optimistic so let's let's keep it like that for uh for the off season take care everyone